Hey everybody, welcome to episode 35 of Two Views Movies Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to Two Views Movies Podcast, a spoiler-filled podcast by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. And today we get to tackle... I think what we said maybe was what we thought would be the best movie of the month. Maybe. Outside Sicario. Outside Sicario. It was kind of up there. I know we mentioned in the June preview that we both thought it would be really good, and we both were really looking forward to it. Correct. But it's Won't You Be My Neighbor. A documentary. Yeah, which I watch a lot of documentaries, but I rarely go see them in theaters, because typically they're smaller release. You have to really make a concerted effort to find them and stuff. And I never see documentaries in theater in this one was an exception of one that both my wife and I were eager to hunt out. Right, because we talked about this in the preview, but the trailer was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, heart, heart-wrenching. Yeah, we talked about Trailer Guy in a previous episode with Jurassic World. I mean, Trailer Guy really did his job oh, for on sure. Won't You Be My Neighbor. I mean, the music, the, the topic, everything. So the little blurb that Letterboxd gives for this is that Fred Rogers used puppets and play to explore complex social issues, race, disability, equality, and tragedy, helping from the American concept of childhood. He spoke directly to children, and they responded enthusiastically, yet today his impact is unclear. Have we lived up to Fred's ideal of good neighbors? It was directed by Morgan Neville, who it seemed like he only just had a bunch of um, music documentaries to his name, so he's clearly a documentary filmmaker. Nothing else that I don't think anybody would recognize. I think a couple got some some buzz, but I would say most often than not, people probably haven't heard of most of what he's done. Yeah, and with this movie, as a child of the 80s, I guess I didn't really know what I was watching. I think as a child in general, you don't know what you're well, watching. Well, sure, sure, but as I say child of the 80s, as I grew up with Mr. Rogers. Right. So we we watched Mr. Rogers, and I don't know... I'm fairly confident my parents didn't sit down and watch Mr. Rogers with me. <laughs> right. So I don't know that they knew what I was watching right. at, at, the, at the same time. And so I wonder if people knew the impact or even the the things that he was teaching the kids. Yeah. Like, to be honest, he was a, a force for good. Right. It could have just as easily been the opposite way of teaching kids you know, all these other things that, right. that didn't have to. And so I, I, I tried to think back of me watching. And again, I, I don't think that my parents sat there and watched these shows with me. It was more of Mr. Rogers on, you watch it. And I'm going to go do, yeah. do, do what it is. And, yeah. 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 and so it, uh, I never saw him in this social movement light right. before I started reading about the, the documentary and looking forward to seeing it. So that was, that was very new to me. Yeah. One of the complaints I've heard about this movie that we can get into as we talk a little bit more, but I think a lot of people wanted to have the documentary explore more of his personal life, like how he came to be, if he struggled with things, how did he overcome it? And I will say that this movie touches on some of that stuff, like his upbringing, his childhood, some of the things he struggled with even as an adult, but it kind of pulls back away from that. It kind of goes into it just a bit. And then it pulls back. And the, the main focus of the movie is really about his work in the and, show, yeah, in the show and what he did. So 
I think having that expectations will really help people understand what they're getting into. It's not an expose of Mr. Rogers. It's not, let's pull back the curtain and see what really made Mr. Rogers tick. There's some of that stuff in there. And I, for me, they gave me enough, but it's really about how his work, the show affected people and children. Well, you pull back the curtain and you get Mr. Rogers. Like, like, and so that, that's one of the things that we always, okay, is this guy, uh, you know, a serial killer, you know, off the set, yeah. you know, because <laughs> you're like, oh yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Mr. Rogers could have a bunch of bodies buried in the basement. <laughs> right. You, know, yeah. you, you hear that, you know, that type yeah. of thing. And, I it's, mean, uh, and they address them in the movie, right? There's, yeah. there's rumors that he's a serial killer, rumors that he's gay, rumors that he's got tattoos all up his arm, which is why he always wears long sleeve. That that he's, he's a, a Navy, Navy SEAL and, and murdered people. And honestly, like I, maybe I was just born at a weird time you and i but like i i never heard those like even as jokes i never heard those i when they said the navy seal and that he you know was in i get vietnam i guess would be the war that he would have been i guess in i was sitting there i was like i feel like i've heard that okay and then they didn't say that's not true for a little bit and i was like wait was he yeah <laughs> and so then they're like like all, all these things are not fred rogers like oh okay you yeah know, you know so it was it was that they, they put it out there and it's like maybe i've heard that yeah <laughs> you know but it definitely wasn't hey i knew that mr rogers was a, was a navy seal yeah but it, but it's like yeah I, I definitely heard that and i was like are you telling me he was because right. this is about to go a very different direction than i, than I thought so they they do the classic movie scene where here's Fred Rogers' file, <laughs> fifty two confirmed kills, <laughs> sniper top in his class, graduated first at West Point. <laughs> no, I, I think you're you're right though that part of it is when you pull back the curtain, he really was that good of a guy. Part of it is too though that they do touch on some things like he had some self doubt as an adult, he had some issues growing up as a kid, and they they just scratched the surface of those, and I I think. I'm giving the documentary filmmaker the benefit of the doubt that I don't think that's the story they wanted to tell with this, so they kind of left it alone. But I think some people that watch documentaries, they they want the juicy details. They want all that stuff. And there may be something there, but I'm fine with this documentary focusing on the work he did and filling in some of those gaps. I'm not really going like waist deep in it. Well, I think when, when they talked about him and his personal life, it was more showing even more so why he was the way he was. Yeah. And so, yeah, he was bullied as a kid, which made him want to make sure kids didn't get bullied, you know? And it was his insecurities wanted to make sure kids weren't insecure. And so they they touched on these things to show why these were important things for, for kids to know. They didn't go into... Uh, they mentioned he was a sick kid and that he didn't have many friends and that he, he was, was fat and he was fat, fat Fred. Yeah. You know, and uh, clearly he was, he was picked on. And so he created, you know, he, he played with his toys and his imagination and thing, and he never grew out of that. Yeah. And th- that was kind of a, he knew how to entertain himself and you could have dove more into that, but I don't think, I really don't think it was necessary because it just showed why he thought it was important yeah. to to give the message that he does to kids. Yeah. No, I'm totally with you. I just and I tru- think and truly, uh, sorry, I mean no, to interrupt, but I don't think there's much dirt there to 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 try to dig up anyway. No, I genuinely don't think there is. I think those people just want to know more about how he ticked, how he evolved, and I think I think there's stuff there they could have explored, but I'm fine with them not doing it. I can understand the criticism though. Yeah. I guess when we meet him, he's middle-aged and yeah, he's kind of, he's like Steve Martin. He's always looked old. He's always, he's always looked old. I was like, wait a second, we're in the 60s? Yeah. You know, and he, and he has gray hair. Yeah, and he genuinely does. I mean, With a sweater? And, yeah, he, 
even as you're following him through his life in the movie, he kind of looks the same age from like the 60s until like the 90s. Like mm-hmm. he, he goes from like a middle-aged man to like old man really fast in the movie. Well, and I say in the movie, in real life, his looks, he kind of just was frozen in time for a while. Yeah, and it's, it's funny because we were watching the clips from the 60s shows, and I'm like, I remember him looking like this. Yeah. Not that they were reruns, but that's that's the Mr. Rogers that I remember yeah. seeing. And and when they got to the 80s, that's the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, he still looked identical. Yeah. I, I think, gosh, I, I, I loved everything about this. I, I didn't know that. I didn't know his background. Right. So, one, I didn't know he controlled everything about the show. I didn't know he was the writer. The I mean, I knew he was the actor, and I knew he did the voice of the puppets. That was obvious. Did you know he do he did all the puppets? I did not know he did all of them. I, I didn't either. I mean, once I heard them, I'm like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that, that's but, clearly. I mean, I think I think part of it, too, is you and I are probably operating on 25-year-old. I mean, do we even watch Mr. Rogers when we were 10? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. you, you have... It's it's crazy. Like, Mr. Rogers is in your head. Like, you could see the set. You could see the episodes. But, like, you you can't... We didn't watch them past a certain age, so we have yeah. no, clearly, no updated frame of reference. And, and funny, and for me, it was like I almost combined them with the shows that were around them. Yeah. And so, like the Shiny Time Station, yeah. and with it, George Carlin, you know, yeah. I, I I combined those shows. Of George Carlin was the he was on Thomas the Train too, the engineer. Yeah. For Mister Rogers' little little train that goes back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I was like, it's like, where's George Carlin? I was like, wait a second, was that even the same? So it. That's not yeah. the same show in, no. in my head, but as as a kid, you know, you watch them all in a row. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. But like, um, so I, I didn't realize he wrote, did the music, did the puppets, the boy. Like he he was the show. I mean, he had other people helping him on set, and the, like any other production, you've got lots of people that do work, and and they actually show a lot of these people and acknowledge all these people. I I guess I just thought Mister Rogers was Mister Rogers that he came on set, put on the sweater, did the show, walked off knocked back a few whiskeys, smoked some cigarettes. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean, he, he created the whole thing. I didn't know he was a minister. I didn't know he like actually studied childhood development. I didn't know any of that. So for me, it was like, wow, this guy was more than just the name on the show. He, he was the show. Like, yeah. Everything about it was, and I thought they did a really good job of tying not just the puppets. The puppets were key. Everything about the show was like his psyche. You right. know what I mean? It was like each puppet was a different yeah part of it, and so you're like, are they going to turn him into a schizophrenic? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like he has a different persona for every puppet, right? So like they they talk about how in the beginning of his life and his career, he was Daniel Tiger, which is the one puppet who always questioned everything, was kind of meek, you know, didn't have a lot mm-hmm. of self confidence. But then as he got older, he became King Friday. He was getting a little more jaded about how the world was going. I thought that was brilliant. I did think it was a little weird. When one of his sons talks about how if Mr. Rogers would blow off steam when they're eating dinner, he would do it in the puppet voice. How he would discipline them was the the puppet of his sister. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was hilarious too. The 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 one that we always found scary, Lady Elaine, and they cut to his sister because they're like there was rumors that Lady Elaine was based on his sister, and it cuts to his sister with the name card, and it's like Elaine is her name. But yeah, so it was the the ugly mean puppet was lady elaine and that was his sister's name and yeah i i think his son was the one that called that out we're we're pretty sure that was our aunt (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh yeah that's right that is how it went (laughs) well it's funny that you mentioned you credit the entire show to him 
you know, and which is true. It's all him. But you need to credit the entire network to him uh, of PBS. And they showed him uh, the government cutting all the funding to public broadcasting. And it showed him in in Congress and whoever the the congressman was. Yeah, it was was a crusty guy from Rhode Island. I think it was Pastore or something like that. that. That was leading the charge to cancel it. And Mr. Rogers changed his mind in a matter of three minutes. Yeah. And gave his... You know what? You just earned your $20 million yeah. to keep this going. Yeah, it was a really cool setup. And honestly, it has a lot of parallels to today's world. You know, Nixon was paying for the war and coming down hard on the media and wanted to defund PBS. And the way they set it up is a bunch of PBS people went and talked in front of Congress. And that senator was getting cranky and basically said, if you guys are all going to come up here and just read your statements to me, don't bother. So Mr. Rogers gets up there and basically says, well, I trust that you'll read my statement, so I'll just talk to you. And then talks to him for five or seven minutes, and at the end of it, the guy's just like, yeah, you earned your money. It's it, like, that makes sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it's, it's, yeah, that That's was. what happens when you get a psychologist in the room, and he just, he just messes with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it, it was a, it was a great scene, and live. Yeah. You know, and the guy, the guy was just remarkable. It, it's crazy when you think about it. So yeah, I mean, so not only Mr. Rogers, but you can chalk up you know, Barney, Sesame Street, yeah. you know, Anything all, all these came... things from PBS, you know, yeah. all, all stem from him, essentially. Yeah. Well, and it keeps happening. It was just, PBS was just in danger of getting defunded, I think, within the last year or two. I mean, I know Sesame Street's not even on PBS anymore. It's also weird because Mr. Rogers couldn't exist in today's world, I don't no. think. It's just the right time and the right era and the right place for something like that. And that's not to say his message isn't still relevant today. It's just in today's world, somebody like that just, I'm, I don't know. I kind of go back and forth on whether I think people like him even exist. Like they're out there in the world and they just are there or if the world just doesn't produce people like that anymore. Well, they even kind of showed it at the end, the end of the documentary when they're talking about 9-11. Yeah. And it was basically he's, he looked defeated of how could this thing even happen to the yeah. world? And I don't know what to say. How do you explain this to the kids or to people of why did this happen? I mean, it's a, I mean, how can you? Right. You know? And so it's almost a, a defeated Mr. Rogers there of you, you win world, you know, like almost, almost evil is giving out. And shortly after is when, you know, he passed away. Yeah. So he, they think they said they filmed the last show in 2000. Yeah, he I died in, it, what, 2003? Yeah, and then they tried to get him to come back and do those PSAs for 9-11 in 2001. And yeah, they all his friends said he didn't know how he could handle it. And you could even kind of see it in the filming of the episode, or the PSA. He just kind of... Yeah, what good are these going to do? Yeah, he didn't yeah. have it. You could just see it wasn't the same guy. Like, he just couldn't reconcile, which is weird because, you know, he came about in the time of Vietnam and other things. But, like, it just seemed like maybe after years and years and years of fighting the good fight, you kind of get into the end and then that happens. You're just like, what, you know, what yeah. am I doing? What good did I cause? But there was a lot of crazy, I, I know you mentioned this earlier, but it was really cool to see how socially aware the show was. I had no idea. I mean, clearly mm-hmm. we're not born in the sixties. So like when he did a week on death after Bobby Kennedy had died and Martin Luther King had been assassinated. But what does assassination mean? Yeah. It's like, was that on Mr. Rogers? And that was the first week. Yeah. That was I mean, the first week of being on the air. <laughs> And it's, it seems like one lady in there, and this is in the trailer, calls him radical. But yeah, I kind of think that was pretty radical to talk about assassination on a kid's show with a puppet. But 
it was his way of trying to make sure that the kids understood what was going on around them, break it down in kids' terms so that they could understand when they hear these words from their parents or on TV that they had some kind of concept to be able to wrap their head around. Like, they can't understand assassination. They can understand somebody being killed. Like, you break it down to them like that. And I'm sure he had a better message around it, but... Yeah, and then I immediately went to, what if my parents walked in on that episode? Yeah. You know, this is obviously in the 60s, so I wasn't alive, but it's like... Right. They go, what does assassination mean? And I was like, uh, you don't need to be watching this. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately turn it off. But that, but that's interesting. That's kind of an interesting concept, right? Because I think some parents could react like that. But mm-hmm. it's like, it's not like Mr. Rogers knows better than your parents. But, you know, he's trying to educate in a way that he thinks is relevant to your kids. And, yeah, maybe most parents don't want their kids knowing about that. But you got to cross it at some point. It was more of, I don't know where he's going with this, so, <laughs> sure. so I'm going to go ahead and, and cut this off before. <laughs> she, she pulls out a gun and points it to Daniel Tiger's head. <laughs> You're about to find out, Danny boy. <laughs> um, but then it touches on some other things, too, like uh, race relations, like when the uh, segregation was going on. and how, the swimming pools. Yeah, the swimming pools. The whites didn't want blacks swimming in the same swimming pool, but Mr. Rogers brought on Officer Clemens, who was black, and put his feet in the same swimming pool to show that it was okay. I mean, he never came out and explicitly said on his TV show, like, Let's hey, swim in a pool together. Yeah, but <laughs> I don't think kids would have understood why you could or couldn't do that anyways, right? right. You're I, unless you're hearing it. it from your parents. You're just showing, hey, look, it's completely fine. Like, I saw Mr. Rogers and Officer Clemens on TV getting in the same pool. And nothing happened. It's fine. I just didn't realize how, and you can't as a kid. You don't have the frame of reference to know that this basic building block of information this guy's teaching you on TV is somehow related to something you're going to want to understand 10 years down the road. Right. Just was really eye-opening as a adult now to see like that kind of stuff. It makes you wish that that stuff was still around more prevalent. But I guess, you I also you also wonder how much of that impacted you. Yeah. You know, it's like okay, if we we saw that did that set in? Yeah. You know, like, is that, like, I want to know which things I took from that. Right. Yeah, which, of course, is impossible to, to to ever figure out. But it's like, which ones came directly from, yeah. from, from Mr. Rogers telling me something of treat people nice. You know, you know, things like, things like that, that, uh, like, oh, I really, oh, okay, I, I saw that on TV and that's going to be how I'm going to treat things. Right. But, but I have no idea how you would ever ever determine that but it's it's very interesting to think back on yeah what that could have done and i think that as you grow older like you realize that some of the things he's teaching you in that show are basic building blocks of child psychology things every kid needs to know needs here and i'm assuming if you had good parents you got those things so that's where it may be hard but i thought it was really cool how he saw very early on the documentary they talk about how he saw TV as this emerging medium and he saw the kinds of junk that was being shown to kids on TV, like selling them guns and throwing pies in people's faces. And he quickly realized that why do, why do kids, why are we only trying to sell kids stuff? Why are we only trying to do slapstick humor for these kids? Why can't we teach them? So that was really cool that he saw this as an opportunity to say, this medium can do so much more than just make people laugh or make people buy things. Like let's teach them and let's teach little kids. To me, he's the always correct answer of, you know, the, I don't think anybody says it nowadays, but, you know, when we were younger, I know my parents say, like, don't sit in front of the TV all day. Your brain's going to rot. Well, not if you're watching Mr. Rogers. 
Right. I mean, your brain's not going to rot. This is great. But just about everything else. So. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but I thought it was really cool that he he was kind of a pioneer in that sense. Like, they really kind of made it seem that he was, educational TV may not be where it was without him taking a chance on that one show in Pittsburgh, and then it got picked up by more and more, and then PBS. But crazy to think that all those things that came after it, Sesame Street, none of those might not be around without him. Well, and even when you think of the message of even Barney, you know, you think of that song, yeah, uh, uh, no, I love you. you yeah, you're like, oh, that's so cheesy. But it's the same message that Mister Rogers was preaching, and it's you know, the kids need to hear that. Yeah, you know, and they need to hear that somebody loves them, and it's okay to love people. And you, know, you, you say that out loud, and it's somewhat awkward to, to, to say out loud. But then you have, but that's why they they do it. Yeah, you know, as crazy as that purple dinosaur is, it, it makes. <laughs> You know, it's good for, for kids to hear. Yeah. I left the movie theater, and I I think I said this in my letterbox review, but I almost felt haunted by how good he was. Like, I, I, <laughs> it makes I, you feel guilty? Well, yeah. I mean, I kept, <laughs> I kept thinking about the movie all day Sunday. And when I say thinking about the movie, I'm not really, I'm not really thinking about the movie, I guess. I, I, I'm thinking about him, because really the, the movie does a good job of just stepping back and saying, here's Mr. Rogers. And it's like unnerving and haunting. Like, God, how can somebody be that good of a human being their whole life? Then, yeah, you start to take kind of a, a reckoning of what you do with your life every day, right? You're like, you're like good he, God. He would be disappointed in me right now. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> and, <laughs> but and it's great when his son kind of re- realizes that too. And he's like, imagine what it's like being the son of somebody who's basically the second coming of Christ, right? Like everybody thinks Mr. Rogers is holier than thou. And God, I mean, this documentary kind of shows that he was. (laughs) So how would you like to be his son, you know, and living up to that? I mean, it's, it is, it's hauntingly nice. And he was hauntingly good. I cannot shake for the last few days, just stuck in my brain of how good he was. Like now when I I looked at my kids the last few days, I'm just like, oh man, you know, I've done the best I can, but nowhere near what he was. And so naturally you can understand why people think that he's not that way in real life. And so it's like, well, nobody's that good all the time. Right. And so he's got skeletons somewhere in the closet. You know, let's, they're they're out there. And so so that's where the stories come from. Yeah. But it's like, and and there's still maybe who knows, sure, <laughs> who knows what what's out there. But it's like it's a, uh, but it may it's weird that our minds naturally go to well something's wrong, you know. Right. Oh, let's let's find it. Right. <laughs> it's like they always say about the human psyche: we like to build people up just to tear them down, mm-hmm. and you know it makes us feel better about ourselves. Because yeah, strangely enough, as much as this movie felt like as you're watching it, heartwarming and it makes you feel good. You long for the times of Mr. Rogers. You want that neighborhood feeling to be real. There is like this weird adverse effect to it where you come out of it and you're like, damn it, man, what am I doing? Right. And it's just hard to live up to that feeling. But the guy was beyond impressive. I I don't know. (laughs) I think I said this in my letterbox review too, but I don't know what the rules are for sainthood. He wasn't Catholic. I know he was a (laughs) Presbyterian minister, but if that dude's not a real life modern day saint, I'm not sure what the definition of it is. Yeah. Dedicated his whole life to children, did all sorts of good in the world, inspired people. I, truly, I don't, I, like, I'm like fawning over the guy, but I don't know what else you ask for in a human being. It's ridiculous. 
Well, I think the Catholic Church would want you to be Catholic if if, yes. you're, if you're yeah. No, I know there's there's real rules, <laughs> but like when you know we people use the word right. you know, modern day he, saint. saint yeah. yeah, I yeah. mean, I got it. It's not over exaggerating when you say it about. Oh him. no, no, he. I mean, he fits exactly what you would want. Yeah, it was crazy. The one thing they do touch on a little bit too. So there, there's kind of we we talked about this a little bit, but there's some exploration of maybe things that made him tick or things that were a little bit different. But one was Officer Clemens, who was on the show, mm-hmm. was gay, right? And they talk about how somebody spotted him at a gay bar in Pittsburgh, and basically it got back to Mister Rogers, and Mister Rogers told him you can't be going there. If you go there, we're going to lose all of our sponsors and we can't be having that. I'm going to have to fire you if you do that. And that's really interesting too. Cause you know, in the movie, when I'm watching it, you're like, you're hoping that Mr. Rogers like took a stand for him. Right. And he came out on the show and we just didn't know. It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, you're no. wanting that, but the, the reality of the situation is that's not what happened. Right. And I know that I'm sure there'll be some people out there that will want to bad mouth him and say, Oh, he should have done this or should have done that. And, I think what I took away from it was he had a choice to make about the good his show was doing versus dealing with that issue. And the world wasn't ready at that time. It's easier for us to say now in the 2000s that you should have come out in that and, and fought for him and stuff to be gay on the show. But it just, the world was not ready for that. I think the thing I took away from it, though, was that behind the scenes, Mr. Rogers loved him didn't treat him any different, you know, didn't kick him off the show, didn't handle him any differently. So I think it was him trying to reconcile what was right for business, which, and what's right in real life. And that's a very harsh decision to have to make one way or the other. Well, and I don't, that's definitely how they framed it up. And I don't know how much of that was, Hey, I've already, you know, I already love this guy. And then I just found out that he's gay. Right. You know, and how do I deal with that? You know, and so we're not going to put it on the show, but maybe I can use, you know, the business angle because, yeah, it would be bad for business uh, on that side and just him dealing with it. And so I don't know if it's that's just how they framed it or if that's what really was was going on. True. But, but I mean, he did eventually come around to, at least in, in the personal life. Yeah. You know, and, and clearly it was, it was somebody that he had already, you know, grown to love. Right. And, and so it makes it easier to accept somebody if you already have that foundation built. Right. And so you just kind of wonder, you know, as a, you know, as a minister and, you know, things, you just wonder if there, there was that conflict of what do I do with this situation? Right. And I think that's one of the things, like I mentioned earlier, that I think people would like to know more about. Like right. Like what really happened back there. And I get it. I, w- I would like to know more too. I didn't need it for this movie, but yeah. I'd like to know more about it. Yeah. But they touch on a few other things like, he typed a letter to himself about all the self-doubt he had. So he, he made Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, I didn't know this, stepped away and tried to do an adult show where mm-hmm. he went and interviewed adults and it was supposed to be for adults to watch and everything too. So he just got away from Mr. Rogers and it didn't do very well. And I think that created some doubt in him about how he could come back and continue the show. And but it's just crazy with this guy who was so good and so kind and so caring still had all this doubt, like, could he do it? Was he doing the right thing? And again, they could have poked more at it, but yeah. And I think, yeah, the adult shows, Oh, I've, I'm reaching kids. He felt like he, it was working. And so next step is how do I reach everybody? Yeah. And then obviously you can't approach adults the same way that you approach kids. And I think that was what he was trying to do. Yeah. And that just didn't go on. No. And, and in the documentary, there's a guy that they're talking to about the adult show and he goes, he asks a question. He goes, 
did you see that show? That's what he's saying to the interviewer. And then they cut to Mr. Rogers talking to the guy at the piano. They don't really give you enough context clues to know why the guy is asking that question. I kind of read it as like, did you see it? Cause it, it wasn't very good. And then they cut <laughs> to Mr. Rogers and he's interviewing this piano player as though he was talking to a little kid. And it was, it was kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. It just felt awkward. Yeah. I couldn't tell if that was the real show at first or yeah. if that was one of their asides that they were off camera. But yeah, it, that was, <laughs> it, it would not be something that I would watch. Yeah. But, you know, and I, I can tell why it didn't, Yes. Take off. No, absolutely. So a couple other things I had to talk about. So kind of on the, the vein of the criticism thing, after he passed away, they, they start talking about how his message is being accepted in the, the modern day world, which we say modern day, was it would have been 2003-ish or maybe even later. But they show Westboro Baptist protesting his funeral mm-hmm. with all their wonderful signs and hate filled stuff that they spew they show articles written in newspapers about this i'm guessing maybe our generation yeah <laughs> our generation yeah being entitled and being told that we're always special for doing nothing and there's a clip of fox news saying the same thing it's just really funny to see how the tides turn like that mm-hmm. and especially after seeing this show where he's like preaching such a good message that somehow some people would try and construe that in terms of like... He made us all soft. Yeah, he made us all soft, and we all thought that we were special. And then they cut to him, and he's talking... Obviously, this would have been like before you know he passed away, clearly. But you know they're saying that what's wrong with telling a kid that they deserve to be loved just for being them, just for being alive? But right. people twist that message into something else. It was just... It was infuriating to watch because the documentary feels so good, right? It feels like a the whole movie feels like a big, huge hug. And then this hits you and you're like, God, people, people are like that. People are really like that. And what the most disturbing part of all that was they showed the protesters with their kids. Yeah, that's right. And then they said, you know what Fred would have done and walked up to the the kids because the kids were clearly not understanding what was going on, but that's what they're being exposed to. Right. Opposed to, Mr. Rogers, right? You know they're being exposed to this hate message. You know wherever they go, yeah. And and that was that you know almost makes you sick to your stomach because they're showing, hey, these are how these kids are being brought up. And all he did was just try and teach them some life lessons and show them that they're worthy of being accepted and loved, no matter who they are. And I mean, the most basic message in the world, like you would never, if you asked anybody in the world, like. Is it wrong to tell a kid that they deserve to be loved or deserve to be treated as though they're special? Everybody in the world would say, no, no, you should absolutely do that. But then somehow, I don't know, somebody finds a way to make it negative. Yeah, I don't and, know. How. And you'd think, like, how does that even happen? Right. <laughs> you like, if, you can, if you can turn Mr. Rogers negative, what can't, what can't you turn negative? <laughs> right. I mean, good Lord. The other little thing I had written down, which is kind of off of all the criticisms and negativity but the uh the 143 thing Mm -hmm. that was ridiculous like they talk about how was his favorite number and it's because 143 is i love you and i was like okay you know that's kind of hokey but that fits with mr rogers something he would like and then they go into this spiel about how he swam a mile every day and allegedly weighed 143 pounds like every day every day of his which clearly has to be exaggerated 
But at the same time, after you're, you're like, no, that works. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're like, yeah, I, I buy it. That's, yeah. I buy it. I bet it said 143.0 every time <laughs> he got on that scale because it just somehow fits. I, I, it was just one of those things where you're like, yeah, that, that's almost urban legend now that even if it's not true, it's, it's true. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but if you think about it, like watching him over the years, he always looked the same weight. Like even this documentary, right? He's got that same frame, same oh, yeah. build. Yeah. He looked he, the exact same. Yeah, just, when he's he already 80, covered that. Well, yeah. I think he would be 73, but when he, whether he was 70 or, you know, 45, he was always kind of the same guy, but I thought that was really interesting. Any other movie, any other documentary, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I don't believe that. But this one, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I kind of believe it. I bet it did say 143 every time. Yeah. Incredible. And as soon as they, th- they showed the 143, I immediately thought of the back in the pager days. Yes, you know, I did too. <laughs> and, so, and so I was like, 143, go, oh, that means I love you, you know, because that's yeah. what you paged. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, something only our generation could have ever, it's like Mr. Rogers knew we were all going to use pagers somehow <laughs> exactly. and that we'd all get that. Yeah, I, I can't I can't say enough about this. Um, the whole theater, and I was going to say the whole theater, a lot of the theater was was crying in this. The person next to me cried from like 10 minutes in until the end. And I'll be perfectly honest. I, I had the good old burning lump in my throat for several times during the, during the documentary. I was like, Oh, hold hold it back. Well, the time, the time that I think would get almost anybody is the very end. Yeah. Where they, he asked them to sit, and think about somebody for one minute straight in silence. Yeah, so that was the thing he did in every commencement speech he gave was he would tell the crowd to be quiet and think for a minute about, like a, truly a minute, and he would sit in silence for a minute, think about somebody who's... Influ- he instrumental to getting yeah. them to where they are today. Yeah. You know, and then they, they just kept showing, you know, each person that had been through the documentary so far yeah. uh, speaking and you see them thinking about whoever was important to them at that time. And then they start asking a few people and that's when people started breaking down in my theater. Yeah. You know, and they say, Oh, I was thinking about my mom. Yeah. You know, and it just kept going. Yeah. And, I remember sitting there in the theater and I was like, I was like, Oh God, don't say Mr. Rogers. Don't say Mr. Rogers. <laughs> and like the first few people were like, Oh, my mom, my brother, you know, whatever. And I was like, okay, 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 okay. And like Mr. Rogers, like, Oh, that hurt. I'm like sitting there, like looking away from the screen, like, Oh God, don't cry. Come on. But yeah, it, it's a, it's a tearjerker, but not in a, not in a sad way. It, it's a tearjerker in like a really, really happy way. So, and I didn't, I didn't catch who it was. But the uh, the Asian guy who is talking. Yeah, he's the, I think, the director of, I'm going to make this up, like the Fred Rogers Institute. I think he's got some kind of foundation or something in his name, and that guy runs it, I think is what it was. Did you notice in every interview, he just had this happy yeah. smile? Like it was like just a wave of happiness the entire Every every interview, it, it, it was as he's talking, he's just happy to talk about Mr. Rogers. Yeah. And like he just stood out to me in, in every clip of this guy is just full of love and happiness, and he just can't, he just can't yeah. get enough of it. Yeah. And, and some people just smile through an interview. No, this is different. There, there was just something else that, that just, he stood out to me for some reason. Yeah, and I agree, and that maybe that's, what they were looking for and the guy oh, 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 I'm sure. <laughs> yeah probably but it's got to be hard to find oh i'm sure 
man, this one lived up to it for me. I was I was super excited to see it, and uh, it it lived up to it. I I wish it was mandatory viewing for everybody. I mean, especially in the times that we live in now, where it feels like everything is just so angry. There's just so much negativity everywhere. Everyone should see this movie. Yes, mandatory viewing because mm-hmm. it, it it'll make you feel good, and it it it's it makes you feel good. It I mean, and how it's made and the messages that come across, it makes you feel good. But it also kind of gives you a little bit of hope that like good people like that can exist in the world. I know he's not alive today and he's not coming about in today, but I mean, like it's possible. There could be another Mr. Rogers somewhere. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Even I feel like I'm cynical about that. (laughs) All right. So I think we've gushed about this one enough. But let's uh, let's get to our little recap here. All right, I'll I'll, uh, I'll read to you first. Okay. So your rating and why? I gave it a four and a half. I've said this many times. I'm not sure if I'm giving the movie four and a half, or if I'm giving Mister Rogers four and a half. It, it's really hard to separate the two for me. I I do think typically as somebody who watches a lot of documentaries. I like for documentaries to work to get me invested. I, you know, paint me the story. Why do I, why do I need to care about what you're showing me in this documentary? Don't just lay it out like I'm an encyclopedia where I'm going to read a fact sheet or something. Mm-hmm. Like, give me a reason. But I think he was so exceptional and they realized that, that they, they didn't need to do that. They just kind of laid it out a little bit by bit, gave you enough here and there to just show you it and and it really is just all about him so four and a half for me fantastic yeah because you didn't need a reveal or any, anything like that build up to no. something because it just his whole life was yeah. was that and i and i think that with there's not many people that would work with i think most people you're like you got to give me a reason to get invested in this person you have to help me understand where they're coming from what are they motivated why and, and it's not to say that this one didn't do it but it does just enough to let Mr. Rogers' life do the talking. And your favorite moment? Um, there's a couple quotes in there that I loved and, like, again, got me completely choked up. One was in the trailer, which is the, it, it's a great freaking motto for, like, everything in life. But he says, love is at the root of everything. And he says, love or the lack of it, which, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it kind of goes back to that old saying of what darkness is simply the absence of absence light, of light yeah. that's what he's saying but he also had another one and we touched on this a bit ago where he said that uh you do not have to do anything sensational to be loved which i think everybody kind of understands that but kids need to hear that right so a lot of kids need to hear that and so those two things when they came up in the movie i'm just like yeah of course mr rogers uh, yeah you're right <laughs> so those are my those are my favorite parts one thing you would change um, so I, I made a comment about this earlier. There's not much I would change. I'm really not sure why I don't give this a five. I, I'm not sure. It's just a gut feel, but it it would have been nice to see a little bit more about whether the societal issues or, um, some of the personal self doubt he had. I completely understand. You don't want to weigh the movie down and stuff. I w- I'm just, cause I think I'm genuinely curious to know more about him now that I kind of was like, oh, man, I'd love to, to have more about that. So if I had to change one thing and maybe give a little bit more about that, but I'm being super nitpicky on that. I'm I'm not even sure I believe in that. <laughs> and the theater or couch movie? Um, So I'm going to go a little soapbox on this one. Okay. 
I typically don't think you need to see a documentary in theaters. They're just as good on the couch. I think when we think of theater versus couch, we're like, oh, do you need to see it on a big screen? Do you need to see it, experience the sound and the sight? And, and Infinity War should not be seen on a you know 42-inch plasma. But I'm saying theater because, one, go support some documentaries. Like Everybody goes and sees normal movies. We all go see the same drivel that's out there in theaters. This is a really good well-made documentary with an incredible message so go support it go go pay for it go see it in the theater the other thing is i think you want to see it with people have people around you like hear the people crying i'm not saying that that's a good thing but like it this movie touches people i mean you and i both saw it in theaters and people were crying like it's an emotional thing to see with other people and understand the impact that this movie is having so i would say theater for those reasons Go support this type of movie. Step out of your comfort zone. We can all see Meg and Mission Impossible and all these other things that we want to see any other time of the year. Go support this one and you know have some have some appreciation for the people around you and the message that it's sending. So that's my soapbox for going to see the theater. It is soapboxy. It was, and you already uh, answered this one. Yes. So pay or free? Yeah, you should pay for it. And uh, so you think this is a popcorn movie or an art house movie? <laughs> yeah. So this is the first one I think we've had an answer to. That's for, art house? That's art house. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which, again, it's it's digestible. It, when I think of art house movies, I think, oh, it's heady or whatever. This is this is digestible. An Oscar or a Razzie? So this is another first for us. It's an Oscar, but in the sense that I legitimately think it has a shot to win an actual Oscar. I would be shocked if this is not at least nominated for Best Documentary. And if you liked blank, you would like this movie. I I was I'm speechless. I, I don't know. I don't know what to compare it to. I went through my letterbox history of documentaries that I've watched. There's nothing like it because I think there's nothing like him. Sound I I sound so hokey on this podcast, <laughs> and I think people will think that we're being overly dramatic and overly hokey. But I would challenge them to go watch this and then come back and talk to us afterwards and see if you don't feel the same thing. What did you rate it and why? I gave it a four and a half. I think I had the same the same feelings as you did on if I, am I giving Mister Rogers a five? I'd give him a five. Yeah. The documentary, it's hard. So I rate mine per category. So it's against all the other documentaries that I've seen. And, I mean, I'm I'm comparing them to all these, you know, serial killer, mur- <laughs> mur- murder mystery, you know. It's, yeah. it's like, it feels weird. Stuff Mr. Rogers would not want you watching. Carson. Exactly. You know, it's, it's like, like, these true crime stuff. It's like, like, these don't fit together. Yeah. But also, again, I, I second what you said. It, it's it's made well. I don't think it's made exceptional, but it tells a great story. So I'm I'm one notch down from from and and I, I probably could easily be convinced to after re-listening to us talk about it. I go, yeah, that's a, that's a five. Yeah, you know. But right now I'm at a four and a half. But I'm reserving rights to uh, to bump that to a five. Yeah. Okay. What was your favorite moment? So uh, uh, I'm changing this from 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 my notes. Okay. So, I think my favorite moment was when they were talking about him and the egg timer on the show. And, <laughs> that and, was good. And he put a minute on the egg timer and he said, kids, we're going to see what a minute is. And they just sat there for a minute. And I'm like, that's hilarious. That's yeah. absolutely hilarious. And he wanted people to know how long a minute actually feels. But, it's, <laughs> but from a 
uh, producer standpoint from Femi Wine, like, like that's just dead air for yeah. a minute. That's <laughs> just hilarious to me. They did a really good job of tying that into him as a person, though, about how he was okay with silence and thought that people should appreciate silence more. And yeah. again, it makes you wonder, like, in this world where we're all staring at our phones 24-7. Well, it was a very psychologist yeah. move that, that he did. Uh, if he doesn't if he doesn't ask another question, you just keep talking. Yep. And so he'll just sit there and kind of look at you and you just keep talking. Like that was kind of his, he wants you to think, you know, deeper into things by yeah. him not talking. Yeah. And so that was, uh, I think that was his, a lot of what he did in, in the show that if we watch today would be a very, very slow show. So I'm going to cheat a little bit too, because I know what you had on your notes. Um, you had mentioned before the scene of the piano in the beginning, or are you talking about through the whole movie when through, it kind of jumped Through back? the whole movie. Okay. So, so there, there's a scene at the piano. That, that's what I originally had was he's giving his, his speech of what he thinks, you know, life is. And then he stops and like, is that too philosophical? Yeah. You know, and, the, and you go, it's really just this, you know, you know, love one another, you know, you know, he breaks it down really. Yeah. You know, but, it, but it's funny to see his, where he was going and then him just backtracking it. This is what I meant. Yeah. And it's like, this is what I'm trying to get to. And he's like, Oh yeah, that makes, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I really liked that one at the beginning of the movie when he's first playing the piano and he's talking about um, how it's really easy to go from this key to this key. But if you're going to go from this key to this other key, you've got all these things in the way that you've got to move your fingers around. He's like, that's a, he calls it modulation. And he's saying like, that's what it's like for kids to have to go from one emotion to another and stuff. And I was like, oh, wow, that's really awesome. And really insightful. Again, and this is going into the movie where you're thinking like Mr. Rogers is a simple actor who just takes the stage and does that. And then like, he's dropping this philosophical bomb on you in the first two (laughs) minutes of the documentary. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Do you have something you would change about this? I don't know that I would. Again, from the the way that made me feel during the movie, the way it made me feel after the movie, obviously the the crowd around me all all enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, I think anything that that Carson would add would, would probably take away from <laughs> from from this. Yeah. You know, so I think they knew what they were doing. And, you know, there's some things that I would want to know more about and there's some yeah. scenes, you know, I would like to see Maybe cameos from all the people that guest starred, mm-hmm. you know, you know, uh, having them talk about it or people saying what he meant to them and impacted, you know, things like that. I think I would put in there. Yeah. We got kind of close on the Eddie Murphy thing. It wasn't well, really a cameo. We got a Polaroid in him <laughs> <and> Mr. Rogers. <laughs> well, it, and that was more than them spoofing him, yeah. you know, and it was more, uh, and you got Yo-Yo Ma, you know, talking yeah. about it. And so that, that was their cameo. <laughs> That scene was really funny, though. It was. When Mr. Rogers got three inches from my yeah. face. Like when I first met him, he, Mr. Rogers got three inches from my face and started talking. He's like, I was a little freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I forgot about that until now. It was more of those. And those and there because I, I did go through and see all the people that have guest starred. Oh, yeah. And, and, and there are some. I mean, you got everybody from um, Lou Ferrigno uh, to, you know, uh, Bruce Banner. Oh, yeah, <laughs> the, the, both the Hulk and Bruce Banner, right? Or were, were there Bill, uh, Bigsby. Bill, Bill Bigsby? Yeah, uh, I guess he wasn't. He was David Banner. In the yeah, show. Um, that 
you had Keith David, who I guess was on nine <laughs> nine episodes. It's like, why is he? Why is he on Mister Rogers? I mean, it's oh man, it, you know, you've now given me something to look up later tonight. I'm going to go home and Google Keith David, Mister Rogers. Mister Rogers, yeah. And so, I mean, I was just going through, and I was like, oh, it'd have been cool to see some of these people that were yeah, uh, a Batman, Michael Keaton. Uh, he he was cool. on there, you know. And so it's just, uh, I was I was like, it'd be cool to see, and I. Maybe the documentary couldn't get in front of these people. I don't know. Sure. Uh, but it's like their time on the show. But again, I think it, it was probably distracting from Mr. Rogers. So right. it's probably they made the, the right choice. Yeah. I, I think what you said is very similar to what I said in two different ways. I think it's just that we want more now. Right. More of everything. Right. More guest speakers, more information on his background, more of everything because he's completely and utterly fascinating. Right. Theater or couch? I said couch. The only reason why I say theater would be to see it sooner. Yeah. But it's definitely a a couch movie. Uh, again, I, I, I quantify it, and do you need to see it in a theater from, again, like everything that you just mentioned. Uh, big screen, you need to see and feel uh, the sound, feel the, see the the action on the screen. You don't need to, to do that. Right. Uh, and I think you could get just a a good emotional response just in the confines of your of your home yeah agreed uh pay for it or wait for free definitely worth paying for okay popcorn movie or art house film this is a art house film oscar arazi and i do think it should get best documentary yeah i don't know what it'll stack up against but it's it's going there did you have an answer for if you like blank you would also like this movie i didn't because yeah. again I, I had i had nothing to, to compare it to and I'm i'm sure there's movies out there but it was I guess I don't watch, oh, this will just make you feel good, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's movies that you feel good at the end, but they take you through an emotional roller coaster. Right. You know, throughout, but it's not, this is just a, oh, it's a happy, yeah. just a happy movie. Right. And I got, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, I, I got didn't nothing. either. I, I, I guess that's a weirdly it's amazing kind, compliment, right? Yeah, or kind of sad yeah. on the movies that we watch. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> no, you know, but, even, um, it's rare... God, it's rare to find a movie that makes you feel like this, which you would think would be easier because you can write whatever you want right. when you're making a movie. So the fact that a real person and a real story made you feel like this is like even more mind-boggling. I think people want to see him be the big, big bad guy at the uh, end. Right. Yeah. And he, he puts he, on the Infinity Gauntlet <laughs> at the end. <laughs> And and that didn't happen. And that no, didn't yeah. happen. That would have given it a five. Would Mr. Rogers' finger snap? <laughs> yes. He'd snap <laughs> away a lot of things in this world. Yeah, man. I This movie. I, I can't wait to see it again. So I, I went and uh, I rewatched the trailer yesterday and was just like, God, even the trailer is so good. Well, see, that's that's the other thing of why it didn't get a five for me. Uh, rewatchability. Uh, to oh, me, sure. To me, it's I don't know. I'd sit down and put in Mr. Rogers. No, I I think I'm better for seeing it, but I don't know that I'd ever watch it again. I I think that's generally true of most documentaries. I don't think they're designed for rewatches because they tend to be educational. Once you've mm-hmm. gotten through it once, I mean, it's kind of like how many times you go back and read a nonfiction book again. How yeah. many times you go back and read a fiction book again? You know what I mean? Like, there's just a difference. So I I do think that. I, there have been documentaries I've revisited, like King of Kong. Um, I've been wanting to rewatch Senna for a while. Those are all really good. Cena? <laughs> no, I, I couldn't see it, even if I wanted to. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I, I don't know. We, we've we've gushed about this enough, but just if you're listening to this and you've made it through like the hour now, I think that we're on almost. Oh on, wow! On won't you be my neighbor? Please go see it. Go I mean, see it. It's worth it. God, it, it'll make you. It'll make you see things a little bit differently. I think it's rare that you can say that about any movie. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed it. Go see the movie. You'll make us happy. If you do go see it, leave us a comment on Facebook. Let us know what you thought. Were we over exaggerating? Were we gushing too much? Like a bunch of a bunch of crybabies, or were we spot on? But let us know. Hit us up on Facebook. You can email us at twoviewsmovies at gmail.com. Please go out to the podcast stores and rate us if you can, and we will catch you next time.